Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode number 11 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff. And I'm Will. And as my lovely compatriot mentioned, uh, or did you mention... I wasn't really paying attention. Happy holidays, y'all! <laughs> that's yeah. That's what I was talking about. Merry um, Christmas. This which... is our, uno- our our officially unofficial holiday episode. Yes, it is. Hence, if you're on the video, you can see all the festiveness going on around us. But if you if you're on audio, well, just know that it's there. Uh, but yeah, Merry Christmas. Here we are in the holidays officially. Couple, yeah, a couple of days before the the big day. Um, we don't have anything special planned. We, um... I think we've gotten too old for that <laughs> in some ways. N- no, I don't... Well, I don't know. I don't think it's a matter of age. It's just... Oh, uh, well, maybe it is. It's maybe. Like, We're the old married couple who like to hang out at home and <laughs> enjoy our holiday light and our, our festiveness that we've got, but... We don't really travel because traveling is a pain in the holidays. It's and, always a pain, but and, especially in the holidays. Yeah, and we don't have kids, so we don't have to deal with all the crap. But, you know, <laughs> we will enjoy watching our, our friends play with their kids on Facebook. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing. We will enjoy hanging out, having some food. And, the, uh, the Facebook effect of the holidays. They only mm-hmm. post the exceptionally cute or festive moments. But not the meltdowns. Not the, cra- the crazy crap that, you know, we certainly don't need to be dealing with. So, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll celebrate that way. Yeah. And we'll enjoy it. It'll be a good day. <laughs> How was your week? My week was fine. How was your week, sir? It was good. I got a lot done. Uh, Breakaway and Score got out two beta readers this week, which is really good since it's due in two weeks. It's due to the publisher on New Year's Eve. Yep, it's sitting on my desk right now. Yes, you are one of the of the lucky three uh, that have Matt and Leo's story in their hot little hands right now. Um, so that's good. I'm looking forward to getting some stuff back on that this coming week. Um, I also got my Hat Trick 3 bonus Christmas chapter completely wrapped up. Um, and it's actually it's on the website ready to roll on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So if you've read Hat Trick 3... This is a little Christmas bonus for you. If you haven't read Hat Trick 3, well, I don't really recommend reading the bonus chapter until you do. Uh, otherwise, it won't make a lot of sense because it's completely in the context of the book. Um, some good news that happened this week. Um, we talked in last week's episode after Brandon's interview uh, that he had done a special offer uh, to help fund Eric Arvin's Quadricizer, which I said right this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked on that before the show. Um, not only did Brandon get two takers on his fantastic offer that if you donated $1,000 or more, that he would write you into one of his books in 2016, uh, word came on Friday that Eric's uh, GoFundMe campaign was completely funded, which is excellent news ahead of the holiday. It's great to see that that uh, completed. And congratulations to Brandon for really helping uh, goose that total uh, towards its completion. I am push, pushing out that awareness. And I believe as of this moment he's still willing to take donations and yeah to my understanding donations are still coming in to help offset the fees behind 
the fundraiser itself mm-hmm. um, so that he fully has the amount that he needs yeah. uh, for the quadricizer, which is good. So if you still want to be in Brandon's books, or if you know someone who would get a kick out of being in one of Brandon's books and just haven't had the chance to pick up that that last-minute holiday gift, mm-hmm. this, might, this might make a good one. Yeah, and I also know that Sarah York has a... Uh, giveaway going on also which i think runs through christmas day if i'm not mistaken we'll link to these things in the show notes so that you can check and get the latest detail on what's going on because it's a very worthwhile thing um, as we come into the holidays this this week in particular Um, and somehow i actually read a little book this week Uh, it was a short little i'd almost call it a serial uh, I don't know how many pages it actually would be if I if it was in a book because I didn't pay attention on Amazon. But I read a story um, from Pierre Wolford, uh, which is called Jimmy's Erotic Adventures in Time and Space Continuum, Episode 1. It's a mouthful of a title, um, but it is so adorably cute. Um, not only does the cover, which I should have held up here for the people on the video feed... Um, Harken back, at least in my opinion, to some some pulp fiction of like the fifties. Would you agree with that? Because you're the more pulp expert. Okay, Will's kind of going eh, eh, sort of. Uh, it's also illustrated. It comes with some custom illustrations, which are completely adorable and story uh, specific. And the story is exactly what it says. You've got Jimmy the time traveler who is trying to unravel a mystery that his father left him. Um, in the 20, I believe he's from the 23rd century. Uh, he ends up back in the 1870s looking for one of the clues and kind of falls for this adorable cowboy. Um, so it's adorably cute. Um, I'm going to get a, a review written up of it and I'm eagerly looking forward to episode two. And I would love for you to read it to see what you think and how it kind of fits. It, I've never read anything in the genre quite like it. Okay. Um, so I was I was intrigued by that. I'll put that on my TBR for next year. Put that in your TBR. Yeah. Because it's in our Kindle cloud. Okay. <laughs> Easy right. to find. How about we move on to the question of the week? Cool. Last week, Brandon asked, um, what's a story you want to read that you haven't heard yet? Or what's the new thing that you're looking for? Basically, what's an underserved subgenre that you're just dying to read? Um, and we had a couple of... Uh, good responses. Christina said that she would like to... Um... <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to read this off of a screen. Um, she's looking for novels with older um, main characters. And there seems to be a plethora of YA and NA, uh, not to speak of vampires and shifters and so many stories of... Uh... Oh, gosh. I... I wish we could just go back. Christina gave a really thoughtful, intelligent answer, and I have totally screwed it up. Basically, she's looking for um, older main characters. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, with, with some different p- points of view. Um, normal day-to-day problems. She mentions that maybe they have exes, maybe have children. Mm-hmm. Um, and to read those stories. Um so, Christina, I may actually have a story for you coming out in February, just to do my own little plug. Um, I got a story called A Sound Beginning uh, that'll come out in uh, February from Pride Publishing. Um, and it's about a voiceover artist who meets a contractor who's working on some stuff in his loft. Um, they both have baggage. They're both a little older. And 
I would say give it a try. And I'll certainly talk more about it on the show uh, once the pre-order is up and stuff in January. Uh, Scott said uh, he wants to see gay werewolf hockey playing romance. And who wouldn't? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I did push him towards some gay vampire hockey action that I knew existed, which was a really awesome book. Uh, but he wants some werewolves. So maybe he'll find that in 2016. Somebody who writes shifters, uh, get this guy a werewolf hockey playing story. Indeed. Jillian mentioned she'd like to see some more international stories or stories where the main characters are not from the U.S. or England. There's literally an entire world out there and it's not reflected in our fiction. And that makes me sad. Hmm. Jillian, don't be sad. (laughs) Take on some other stuff out there, folks. Uh, I know that... T.A. and Devon, T.A. Chase and Devon Rhodes have written characters around the world in their Men of Sports series. Mm-hmm. Those take place in several international cities, uh, but I suspect that there's not enough outside the U.S. and England running around out there. So, yeah. Yeah. so thank you for everyone who answered the question of the week. Um, later in this episode, we're going to talk about the new question. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Moving forward. Give us a, give us, <laughs> give us a ring or look us up on the interwebs and uh, answer the question. We love hearing from you. Yeah. We definitely want answers. So yeah. we'll get to that new question here in just a second. <clears throat> so for a lot of people, this was a week of Star Wars and Adele. Mm. It was all over the place. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, did the Star Wars movie come out the same day that the Adele tickets went on sale? Or so it seemed? Uh, Friday, maybe. Or Thursday? I, guess. I don't know. It seemed to be all that was in my timeline for a long time on Facebook. That's for sure. That's for sure. Uh, we did not see Star Wars this week. Uh, we did not choose to partake of the hoopla. Although, even in our tiny town, we went by, we drove by the theater Thursday night and there was a line of people queued up to get into that first 7 o'clock show. I will say that I thought that Big Bang Theory really did an excellent episode around Star Wars opening day. And it was great to see them take such good advantage of having their episode air the same day that the movie started. I don't know what that did for their ratings necessarily, because that's a big crossover audience there. But it was really adorable how they worked in uh, the Star Wars opening to mm-hmm. their episode this week. Yeah, And we'll see Star Wars probably for Christmas or for New Year's. And then we'll talk about it. Uh, I am glad to see that it's gotten... Good critical reviews, and that pretty much all the people that I pay attention to on Facebook seem to like it. So maybe it is not what episodes one through three were. I am definitely a child of the 70s. Therefore, I am a Star Wars kid. Jeff was a Star Trek kid. I am a Star Wars kid. I literally had everything you could possibly own. It's true. I've seen it. (laughs) Uh, I no longer have all of that Star Wars stuff, but yeah, I was definitely a Star Wars kid. Um, I am, uh, yeah, I'm not losing my mind with excitement. I'm looking forward to this next installment. I think it's probably going to be enjoyable, but I'm not, you know, fangirling about it. I think, um, I mentioned earlier this year that I think... Um, I think I'm getting, what, what did I say? I was, I was pissed off at Entertainment Weekly and, um, (laughs) which really isn't that hard to do. Um, (laughs) 
And I think I'm, I'm getting too old to be interested in pop culture. I think it's because Entertainment Weekly had like an entire month of covers with movies and franchises that weren't going to be out for another year. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, ugh, it's too much work to be all worked up about this stuff. And I just, I, yeah. yeah, I can't, it's hard for me to work up enthusiasm like that when, uh, where, you know, they give you a five second clip at Comic-Con and everyone loses their shit for a movie that's not going to be out for two more years. It's just like, ugh, I can't deal with that stuff anymore. It's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I'm a little more into the here but, and now. Yeah, um, so I do appreciate Star Wars is here now. Uh, and I am uh, looking forward to seeing what they've done with it. Yay. Yeah, I- I'm looking forward to that. So what we did do this week, voice finale happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the obvious choice won with... It's been a week, so yeah, we're going to spoil it. So before I say that, if you haven't watched The Voice and you don't know who won, you might want to skip the next couple of minutes. Plug your ears. La, 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 la. <laughs> Plug your ears. Uh, Jordan won. I wasn't surprised. I was happy for him. I liked his last performances. Uh, I was impressed that a a hymn, or at least a Christian song, I think it was a hymn, that almost no one had heard of, at least from the buzz I was seeing on Facebook, got to be number one on the on the iTunes charts of the of the songs that he had done in the finale leading up to his to the voting. Uh, so congratulations to Jordan. I look forward to seeing what his career holds because mm-hmm. we know that he can sing amazing, uplifting gospel music. We know that he can sing Sound of Music, and we know that he can sing Queen <laughs> and Journey. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to that. And I was sad that Jeffrey Austin was number four and not closer to the top, but you know he also delivered some outstanding performances Monday night. And good for him. And more importantly, I look forward to his album because I want to hear him sing more stuff because I really liked his voice. Um, I'd like to hear him and Sawyer Fredericks do a duet and see where their voices would combine with each other. Mm-hmm. So it was a another interesting, uh, entertaining season. Um, and I believe the new season starts up incredibly soon. Uh, yeah, it's either late January or February. I think. Just it's just around the corner. So if if you missed this season, don't worry, another one's coming right up. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um. So now that we are uh, mere moments away from the holidays, we wanted to um, give a quick shout out to uh, a couple of movies. I think um, our listeners might be interested in. Um, the first one is a, a gay holiday... Go- Let me take a drink of water. Hold on. <laughs> okay, the first movie up I want to mention is Make the Yuletide Gay from 2009. It's a movie by um, Rob Williams, um, who's done some really great movies, some that I've liked and some that I've not liked as much. But this is one that I really, really like. I think it's super adorable. Um it's a cute little uh, low-budget holiday comedy about two college boyfriends 
and they are about to uh, go their separate ways for the holidays. One goes home to his family. Uh, the other one, his holiday plans fall through. So he decides to go to his boyfriend's hometown and surprise him and stay with him and his family for the holidays. Um, unfortunately, boyfriend number one isn't quite out to his parents yet. So um, holiday shenanigans ensue. Um, it's a really funny movie. Um, it's co-stars um, Adam Rodrigo, I think is his last name. Um, uh, the out star, he's from Degrassi, The Next Generation. <laughs> is that what it's called? Degrassi something. I've lost track of what the Degrassi titles are these days. Yeah, he's one of the Degrassi kids, and he's completely adorable and very funny in this movie. Um, So I highly recommend you check that out, Make the Yuletide Gay. Also, I want to mention two classic cult Christmas movies that you may or may not have um, heard of. The first one is Santa Claus from 1959. Now, I'm not talking about Santa Claus the movie from 1985, the train wreck that has um, Dudley Moore and John Lithgow in it. I'm, that's a whole nother episode. I don't, we are not talking about that specific one. We're talking about a Mexican-made movie from 1959. Um, it's, uh, gosh, I don't even know where to begin with this movie. It's so whacked out. Um Santa Claus lives in a giant castle in the sky, and he watches over Earth's children with these bizarre Dr. Seuss-like devices, and he comes down to Earth in his sleigh once a year um, and does battle with um, Pitch, one of the devil's minions. It's the most bizarre mashup of... uh, Christian and secular holiday traditions. It's really, you kind of need to see it to believe it. It's so strange. I highly recommend it. It's called Santa Claus and it's from 1959. It is currently available on Blu-ray. Um, so check that one out. Also, the, sec- the, the third movie I want to mention is Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Um, and need I say more? I mean, it, the title kind of says it all. Um, the Martian children are sad, so Martians come to Earth and they kidnap Santa Claus to make kids happy, um, and holiday shenanigans ensue. Um, it's a really charming and strange low-budget movie, um, uh, made in the, I believe it's the 1960s, uh, filmed entirely on minuscule sound stages tiny budget uh on uh tiny budget. on on uh this tiny little lot in i believe it was shot in long island somewhere or something like that um pia zadora makes her screen debut as one of the martian children so i definitely recommend giving um that a look both santa claus and santa claus uh conquers the martians um, are available on Blu-ray. Uh, if you want to spend a few bucks, I highly recommend you check out the Blu-ray editions. They're they're really nice. But um, if you don't want to spend that money, both of them are available uh, free 
streaming on Amazon Prime. So you can either rent them or uh, stream them for free if you're a Prime member. Cool. So check those out. So a little more, I guess, traditional holiday movies uh, that I've gotten really into because of Will. It's all, it all his fault from last year. <clears throat> is Hallmark Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. And we've been overdosing on those since Thanksgiving. When Actually, no, it actually goes back to Halloween because they started the countdown to Christmas right after Halloween and started doing premieres every Saturday and Sunday. And I can't believe that they've put that much money into Christmas movies, except when you see the ratings that they get on these movies, which is outstanding for Saturday and Sunday nights uh, during the week. I have to say that very few this year have been clunkers. Uh, I think we've only turned off one, maybe, that we couldn't get into. Uh, everything, and there's so, I like them from a storytelling standpoint too, because Hallmark has their formula just like a Harlequin does. The beats are almost the same in every single story, and then there's that final twist that happens with about 20 minutes left in the film, where you think, oh, what are they going to do now? Are they going to make it? Of course they're going to make it. It's got to end happy. Uh, I think the fa- my favorite so far this year has been carrying Kingsbury to the bridge. Um, not only did I like the budding romance between the aspiring songwriter and the and the young woman who didn't want to turn into a carbon copy of her corporate CEO dad, uh, but the bookstore in the movie, which was called The Bridge, hence the title of the film, was so cool that it was a bookstore that was a cafe where people would come together and look at their books. Now, of course, it was set in 2009, I think that part of the movie was. So it was before ebook, it was before Amazon had the Kindle, and there's even a passage in the movie where they talk about the the rise of ebooks and what that could be doing to the bookstores and whatnot. So they they see that on their horizon. But it was it's so it was such a sweet movie and the bookstore was so awesome and I, I looked at Will and said, We should open a bookstore like that and of course he looked at me like I was crazy because it is a crazy idea in this day and age. Um but yeah, the Hallmark movies have been really delightful this year. Uh, do you have a favorite so far this year of what we've looked at or the Lifetime movies? Because we are watching some Lifetime movies um, as well, depending on who the stars are. Um, you know, uh, you kind of put me on the spot here. I can't I'm really, sorry. I can't really come up with one off the top of my head that stands out particularly. That's fair. I think... Um, the, okay, the, <laughs> the one I'm looking forward to the most was actually aired last night. We're taping this on a Sunday. And um, it's the Mariah Carey yeah. Christmas movie. Which I think is called All I Want for Christmas. I think it just uses her song title. No, I don't think that's what no. it's called. Um, anyway, oh gosh. <laughs> I think her song is certainly in it. Or certainly in the commercials. <clears throat> anyway, Mariah Carey directed and co-stars in a... Hallmark Christmas movie, uh, and it features uh, Lacey Chabert, who I personally find adorable, and I genuinely like all of the movies that she does. Um, I think she's particularly good at playing cute, naive characters, but they're not, you know, stupid. (laughs) I think there's a very fine line between naive and stupid, and I think... 
uh, Lacey does a, a very nice job of being cute and charming, but not annoying. So I would agree with that. Yeah. She, she's done several good Hallmarks that we've seen. Yeah. I, I like her Hallmark movies a lot. I think this is her second one this year, because she had the one before where she was had the amnesia. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lacey. She had holiday amnesia, and now she's got to work with Mariah Carey. Oh. <laughs> And I don't know how to split these next two. Uh, I want to stay in the Christmas genre for a second. Uh, years ago on Showtime, and I want to say it was somewhere in the late 80s, I came across this special that for the U.S. audience was called a Broadway Christmas. And it actually used a bunch of West End holiday shows that had done a special for Save the Children. And there was Stella Express singing uh, Happy Christmas and uh, Les Miserables doing Silver Bells and... Cats doing, I think it's We Wish You a Merry Christmas. And of all things, Miss Saigon doing Silent Night. And they all do them in costume, on set. Like it's the most natural thing in the world that you'd be singing Silent Night in the middle of Miss Saigon. Uh, it Kind of cheesy, kind of heartwarming. I found on YouTube just a couple days ago the expanded version of this show that apparently only aired in England. And had a number of other casts and... The most hysterical thing in it was the cast of Follies, all dressed up in their glamour, singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, using some of their chorus girls to pull this sleigh, which I think was actually the piano. <laughs> it was a hoot. I will link to this in the show notes, because it's all available on YouTube in its entirety, and it's awesome. The other thing that I can't couldn't bridge this quite like I wanted to, and I've thought about talking about this for weeks, is Amazon opened a bookstore in Seattle. I want to say it was in October... Maybe. I think mm -hmm. it happened just before Halloween. Mm -hmm. I so badly want a pilgrimage to Seattle to see this bookstore. Uh, if we, we've talked about routinely on the show that Will and I like like bookstores. We like that we live in an area that has several good used bookstores. That we have a library that sells books often. Uh, even when I was in Toronto a couple weeks ago, I was walking back to the hotel from dinner and saw a bookstore. Kind of like a Barnes & Noble. I think it was called Indigo. And so I had to go in and see the bookstore, which I enjoyed quite a lot. I think I spent about a half hour in there just wandering around looking at everything. Um, so, yeah, I was going to connect that more to the bridge. But then I detailed and, you know, I detoured and asked you a question and I got all screwed up on that. So, yeah, I want to go to the Amazon bookstore because I realize that people think that Amazon is the destruction of the book business. But the fact that they've gone brick and mortar, at least in this moment... I think is interesting and that they're trying to sell more books traditionally. Cause I always like looking, going in and looking at the books and looking at the covers and looking at the spines and noting them up. I have a very hard time shopping in an online bookstore. Mm. So yeah. that's that. Do you have any comment on the bookstore or shall we move on? Let's move on Let's to move this, on. This, this week's question. Um, since we're nearing the end of the year, we wanted to ask what has been your favorite MM book for 2015 and why do you want to go first i'm going to break the rule of the question right off the bat and give you three because i cannot okay. narrow it down to one okay um go for it the first one i'm not actually sure it came out in 2015 but i read it in january that still counts so i think that counts uh serena bowen's understatement of the year um Wow, just thinking about it made me emotional all of a sudden. Do you want me to go? That's how much this book got me. Um, <laughs> it's a, 
a story of two friends, former friends, who end up on the same college hockey team. They haven't spoken to each other since an incident that happened. Uh, I believe they were in high school when it happened. Maybe even earlier, maybe middle school. Um, and they're thrown together on this team, and they have to figure out how to work together on the team, and they try to patch their relationship up. It's a really awesome friends-to-lovers story uh, and kind of a reunion story at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a hospital scene in it, which is what made me choke up so badly um, that I cannot get out of my head even now, obviously, because it's been about 12 months now since I've read that book. Okay. Um, Serena did a great job with it. Uh, Wade Kelly's uh, Misplaced Affection. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're friends with Wade. But this was an outstanding book. She weaved so many things together in there with so many kinds of different characters. It's a long book, but it is so worth the read. It's coming out on audio in January, I think. She's proofing the audiobook this month, so the audiobook is right around the corner, and I'm looking forward to hearing it on audio. Third is Becky Albatari. Albert, mm, always do that to her name, Albatari. Uh, Simon and the Homo, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda, uh, YA book, really outstanding uh, young love, first love coming out story. She's gotten a lot of end of year awards for this story, and she deserves every one of them for it. So I'll link up to all those in the uh, show notes. Awesome. Well, uh, I knew this question was coming ahead of time, so I went back and looked at the list of things that I have read a. Uh, in the during the year, uh, yes, I do keep a list. Um, so in 2015, I have read a total of 46 books. I mm. may may add to that total before the end of the year, but as of right now, I've read 46 books. And um, between fiction and nonfiction, I did some rough math, and right now I'm at a 30-70 split. Thirty percent fiction and seventy percent nonfiction for twenty fifteen. So, the my favorite things uh, fiction uh, for twenty fifteen. I'd like to call out um, a couple different things. Uh, I am lucky enough to be a beta reader for this guy sitting right next to me, um, and I'd like to mention one of my favorite things that I've read uh, this year, as well as one of the. Probably one of the favorite things that I've read of yours has oh. been um, Heatwave Tuscaloosa. I think it's an incredibly, um, well, it's a very sexy story, but it's also uh, incredibly sweet. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it's definitely uh, towards the top of the list of uh, one of my favorite things that you've ever written. That's very sweet. I, Thank you. I also want to recommend, um, <laughs> if I could plug the books of my husband, <laughs> uh, I also want to mention that I did beta read, of course, Hat Trick 3 this year, um, and I really enjoyed that as well. I think it's my, it's certainly my favorite out of the Hat Trick books. Um, I think what you did in this particular volume was that you showed the journey of Simon and Alex, but you also... Um, you gave us a pretty concrete idea of uh, where they're going into the future. Um, I also liked um, how they, the two of them, worked with the youth hockey group. I thought that was a, a really um, interesting subplot. 
uh, and I just really enjoyed the book. I also want to mention our good friend Wade oh. Kelly. Um, I beta read her book, um, No, Jocks Don't Date Guys. I read that earlier this spring, and um, I really enjoyed it. Unfortunately, as a beta reader, I kind of suck. I basically said, yeah, this is good. Go send it off. I really didn't have any anything useful to offer her. I really enjoyed that book. And um, that just came out, I believe, uh, a week or two ago. Yeah, last week. So, yeah, check that out if you haven't just yet. Uh, and really quickly, um, we're getting a little long on time. I want to mention... Um, Two books, two nonfiction books that I read this year. Um, the first is uh, Roger Corman's How I Made 100 Movies in Hollywood and Never Lost a Dime. Um, <laughs> the title, of course, says it all. Uh, if you know anything about low-budget movies, you know Roger is, of course, a legend in his own time. Uh, he's also a, a, an incredible storyteller. Um, just watching any any interview is always entertaining because he's got a million different stories. And this book is just uh, a laugh riot from beginning to end. It details his beginnings in the movie biz and uh, his adventures up until the early 90s, which was when this particular book was first published. So I highly recommend that. And also, I read this year um, something here. I'm looking it up on my Kindle. A book called Pulp Writer, 20 Years in the American Grub Street by Paul S. Powers. If you're interested in Western fiction or pulp fiction, um, which is probably not a huge number of people listening to this particular podcast, um, but uh, one of my hobbies is learning uh, about the history of, of Pulp Fiction and Pulp Writers. Um, this particular book is really interesting because um, Lori Powers, um, the granddaughter of Paul, it originally, this book originally started out as a, sort of a school assignment. She was, I believe, she was doing, uh, she learned that her grandfather was a writer and she really just wanted to see what that was all about and it ended up becoming this her thesis and um she was able to dig into some of her family papers and discover just how much her grandfather had written and how important he was to the western pulp genre so the book itself is really it's book ended by uh laurie's story of learning more about her grandfather but the the bulk of the book itself is the uh, Paul Powers' autobiography, which she discovered uh, in his, in uh, his papers while she was um, uh, what's what's the word? Um, re not referencing, researching. That's the word I'm looking for. While she was researching her grandfather. So if you're even tangentially uh, interested in Western fiction or pulp fiction, I highly recommend giving that book a, a look. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. That's our picks uh, as top books for 2015. I'm glad you also had multiple books uh, to go through, so I wasn't the only one. So by all means, tell us what your favorite book or books were in uh, 2015 and why. You could tell us your answer in a number of ways. You could tweet us at Big Gay Fiction. You can leave a comment on this episode's entry on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Big Gay Fiction Podcast. You could also leave it in the comments 
for this episode on YouTube or on our website at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. And, of course, you could always send us an email, too, because we love getting those. Jeff and Will at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. And, of course, while you're writing, feel free to, men- to mention us a question to us that you might like us to ask on the air coming up in a future episode. So that does it for this week. Uh, we're really excited about next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got author and Dream Spinner Press marketing director Poppy Dennison here with us uh, for basically the whole show. Uh, we had a great interview with her that we recorded a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk a lot about Dream Spun Desires, uh, which is the new Dream Spinner line coming out starting January 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So... Here we are at the end. So remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, and YouTube. And we would love reviews on any of those channels uh, to help us keep our visibility up there. You can always leave comments on any of those places, as well as, well as our uh, website at BigGateFictionPodcast.com, where you can also sign up for our monthly newsletter. Which will be coming out this week. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and of course, as we mentioned, we love emails too. So you can send those to us at Jeff and Will at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. So, that'll do it for our holiday episode. It will. Merry Christmas, have a great holiday, and we will see you back here next week. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. For detailed show notes, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. 